You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast. This is Aaron Jones. This is Chandler Smith, and I hate long intros, so let's get into it. You're going to North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Way up north. Although, North Dakota, I think this last week was like 100 degrees, so have yeah, fun with that. I need, I need to check the weather on that because I think it's going to be cooler up there, and then I'm going to come back, and it's going to be like the same temperatures here when yeah. I get back. But it just kind of sets the tone. It's like the seasons. Are we, had, we had our waterfowl weekend, and it's like, boom, here we go. Yeah. Like, speaking of waterfowl weekend, who's sunburnt? Was, this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sunburnt. <laughs> you were no. outside, like. Rocking and rolling. Oh, so much going on, which it turned out phenomenal. I mean, it was just amazing between vendors and customers. Yeah, and it was customer, a blast. The customer turnout was awesome. It was amazing. Everything went smooth, too. That's it nice. Did. We only had one vehicle drive over a culvert, so. That was, and he, <laughs> he turned in off the road. Yeah. Here's right an open up. spot. Dunk. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. No, yeah. it did turn out well. Obviously, we appreciate everybody coming out yeah it was such a good time there's such a big lead up to it it was warm and then it happens and it's done it's like so quick it's so cool to see everybody come out and uh catch up to like yeah with all the you know the companies and you you know you get to talk about stuff and what's been going on and then you get the the waterfowlers customer wise who maybe you haven't seen in a little bit and then they come in and you know it's like all right. I'm just impressed that our 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 customers, man, they're just some serious go getters. Seeing what they're getting in, they're running in there they with their do their not squad. Mess around. Like, it could be father, son, and some friends, you know. Or this just seems like they go in and they're just all on this hit list. Like, we got to get this this year. We got to have this this year, and they're just they're just cruising. You know, when I was happy to see you talk about father, son, but the amount of. Um, younger kids or even the, you know, the 18, 20 year old, a lot of, you know, just showing me that the industry still going and, and there's still a lot of yeah, people new, interested. New waterfowlers jumping mm-hmm. in. in. The outdoors and new waterfowlers and new hunters and people are getting, because we had a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Show, and I say kids, but, you know, even, you know, young adults that are still are getting after it. I had uh, people call me this past week just praising us on how well we did. Calling yeah. my phone. You guys did such Yeah, I heard a lot of good job. feedback. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it did really well. And, how was the store all the way till noon? Like, Yeah, we went. I didn't from, go inside before noon. I was outside noon. just making sure everything was going Of course, right. there was a little let up. You were in there mm-hmm. getting some filming on and, you know, that initial surge. Back to ammo. Um, back <laughs> to ammo, which we have plenty i feel like the employees i even shouted should be, out some like, i feel like the employees should be like in the door with like the blockers like in football practice as the customers run through but by 9 30 then it's full the store is and from then until 2 30 um you guys had the a line. line was full and it was at 2 30 uh shane and you know got on the radio all right, or, you know, there was a, a break, you know. I think it was, you know, you kind of do that. Everybody does lunch. They go outside because we had mm-hmm. the free concert and all the stuff for kids. All the food and trucks everybody. that were so good. You know, what's real nice, too, is you get to see everybody's product 
and out there in the tanks and you get a you know see it visually and and so everybody does that and then you get a little bit more people to finish out the day after they take a break so but all in all is phenomenal and friday was good too mm-hmm. get the the people come in during the week so it was a good lead i like i like the friday customer he's like i gotta get here today so i don't have to fight the crowd tomorrow now saying about you know we did we only won out of ran out of one product correct there was one product that and and that happened because it was this uh one customer needed a bunch of that was his go to but other than that so i mean i didn't run out i had so, plenty I mean, we try really hard every year to make sure that we have all the inventory for everybody so People don't have to worry about Saturday at 4 p.m. They're not going to be able to get what they want. We had, you know, yes. majority. And we should have had that one product. We had it at the warehouse. We just couldn't get yep. it. We just, yep. Didn't have just enough time. Be, yeah, it just happened. We just couldn't get it there. But, And I think that's what surprises a lot of people, too, because you also get new customers to the store, and it's their first mm-hmm. Waterfowl weekend. And that's what's nice as well about Rider Sporting Goods is walking in, especially like decoys. And you walk back there and you're like, if I need 20 boxes of something, I can get it. I can get 20. I mean, you bring a trailer, we'll load you up. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's insane. Yes. Yeah. But no, it, it went really well. Yeah. So. We had awesome food trucks outside. The food mm-hmm. was good. Yep. And then we had live bands. We had some really, really good bands out there starting around yeah. noon. I think we started at like noon 15, you know, 12, yeah. 15 or something. Right. And then uh, the beer garden was a successful yep. this year. Turned out really and well. And everybody behaved, which was. Yeah, we didn't have any. I didn't see yeah. any issues Mm-mm. at all. Yeah. So Inside the store, out, you know, no problems. Everybody was having a great time. Everybody is. It's hunting. We're all cool. Yeah. <laughs> We're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. So hanging out, having a parking lot party. Yeah, and then we turn around and it's you know moment. Yeah, waterfowl weekend's done. We're like, like, who's going hunting? What weekend and where we're going? And I come in Tuesday and you're you know you're taking an assessment of the damage and seeing what happened. And it's like we got another event coming. Oh yeah, whitetail weekend. And and all these seasons are starting. So yeah, as this podcast comes out, we have whitetail weekend this Saturday. Yeah, days away. Yeah. August and August twentieth. That's the culmination. Yeah. Of the the big day is the twentieth that Saturday, and it'll be an all day thing too. Yeah. Yes. Everything whitetail. Free deer scoring. Free antler scoring. Yeah, that's really going to be cool. And we've got. It was uh, a great turnout years ago when we did it the first time. People loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, bring in a mount. You can bring in sheds. You can bring yeah. in a deadhead. You can bring in whatever. Right. If you found it, shot it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll score it for free. And if you make, if you do, uh, and you know, maybe you don't know the process of getting it into the book, but let's just say you bring in a mount and it makes Pope and Young, um, they will help you get it sent off and get your name in the book Yeah, if you would like. So um, we've got a team of five guys coming um, that are all official BNC and Pope and Young scorers. Awesome. And and you said something about mule deer too? Mule deers, it's the same scoring. And so don't be afraid if, you know, whitetail mule deer, bring them both. But uh, bring them up. No moose. Get them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bring your. your, People uh, come walking up with their. Front mouth. 60 inch moose. (laughs) 
Well, and they're just speaking like, of moose, there's going to be a deer called moose there. Yeah. Ooh. You should. I remember. I remember. We he called you it did that moose. on purpose. Yes. I did. See that segue because it's nice such a great story there. when he tells it. Yeah. Like it's it's just hilarious. Yeah. So Dustin Huff will be there, which is the new number one typical buck in the in, U.S. In the U.S. and if number you, two in the world. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, it was with Dustin, so he tells the yeah. whole story of moose it's a great story and mm-hmm. it's it's so cool to listen to it because it's just like all of us i mean he went out there yeah. in a crossbow went to a place he's never been before and he ended up shooting that <laughs> he thought never it was seen a, it before yeah. Yeah. and he thought it was a moose was like, <laughs> what's a moose doing <laughs> super Indiana. cool dude too because he's not like big-headed he's still humble just like us just like everybody yeah. else he's not a guy that he's hammering giant deer every year in these super secluded places like just passionate about deer hunting, and yeah, he was setting right. out on the right day, looking in the right sunset, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we say it's a big deer, it's a big deer. It's 211 inches and four eighths. Yeah. Typical. Typical. Yeah. It's massive. It's, so, and it'll be there. Yeah. He'll have the mount there. He'll mm-hmm. be there. He also is a, a singer, songwriter, country music, just a good down-to-earth. Yeah, dude, he's mm-hmm. gonna play some tunes yeah, for he's us. Play which a little will be nice bit of solo guitar, you know, songs going on. Yes, yeah. and we feed you that day. We got a food truck there as an option if you're hungry. Smash burgers. Yes, always food. We always like food, so Why we're not? always gonna have food. Yeah. So yeah, and of course sales. We wouldn't oh, yeah. do nothing without. Them. No, we wouldn't. And, and giveaways. The, and yeah, oh, yes. Shoot. Good call. Our I list, know the dollar amount. <laughs> our list is growing. I need Pat to make an Excel Every sheet. Day. Like. We've got so many giveaways, so there's going to be more than one winner. It's not like, oh, shoot, one winner, you know, what are my chances? But mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to give away. There so, is. So um, let's introduce everybody real quick. We've yeah. kind of jumped in here, and, you know, the, I'm Chandler Smith. Yep. Uh, I've worked at Rogers for 10, 11 years, do a lot of the marketing stuff. Right. Patrick, and I work at the store location in Liberty, and I'm the hunting waterfowl manager i'm going i'll hit 10 years november so yeah, he's like a year behind hitting my my decade mark i'm double a ron i do all the social media and all the podcast videos all that fun stuff a little bit of marketing and then we've got another guest with us today i'm josh from the youtube channel outdoor limits yep yeah we drag him in you're on talk. about it you're on about a month ago yeah, yeah. he's yeah. just not too far we drag him up when we need to talk yeah Especially we're going to get into some topics he'll have some insight on. Yeah, we got to look at some new today, new so. stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, Whitetail Weekend, August 20th. This weekend. This weekend. Yeah. Bring your deer. The ad will be that, that Tuesday. I mean, we'll have, yeah, it'll come out that week of, but yeah. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll be ready for you. Yeah, tree stands and all the good tree stuff. Tree stands and, and hang-ons, and we've got all the scent stuff and Head down to the archery department and then go and stop by with Sonya and clothing. get loaded up on your boots and clothing. Oh, yeah. we got some really nice all sorts of pull-on rubber boots. Are there yeah. uh, are there any deals for people who can't make it into the store? People buy stuff there online? Will, yeah, there will be. There'll oh, be, yeah. There'll be. Yeah. We'll do some we'll online do. stuff. A lot of stuff will be, you know, that you can find online, too. Um, the only thing is, like, we can't really ship ladder stands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and we've tried. Right we've now, tried but... to ship ladder stands, and UPS just loses the bolts on every ladder stand <laughs> we well, ship because the, the boxes <laughs> are heavy and they drop them and destroy them. Right. And, and then know. always, yeah. like, the bag of bolts falls out. For somewhere. some reason, the bag of bolts sits in the corner of the box. Yeah, that's the one thing that never. <laughs> they shows would just up, zip tie it to the platform. You'd be fine. Yeah, 
but there'll be plenty of stuff online and in store. There'll be, you know, so it'll be it'll be a great event. So make sure you come up and we'll all be there hanging around. Yeah, and you would say that your like your inventory stock for whitetail is really good yes, right now. Yes, we will be we will be ready. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm not just going to have two of something on hand. I mean, it's you know, if you need to gear up or if you need to buy bulk or you've got a new property, you know that you're mm-hmm. going to I got a new farm, I need 10 new stands. We got them. I'll get you set up. Yeah. So Everybody yeah. knows you need a hang stand September 14th, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you can't diss that too much. There's a lot of times, I say a lot of times, two two or three times where I've hung a stand and then either that day or the next day shot a deer. So yeah, I've true. done that. Dustin it, just went and put a, a climber in one tree and, and shot the exactly. big old moose. So, yeah. Deer. I mean, I hung a road stand on lunch, hunted it that evening, and arrowed a buck. So Exactly. It's not out of the question. Just, yeah. You know, but all about scouting, too, and just. Sure. A lot of it can be. Mm-hmm. But. but yeah, seasons are like and that's fast approaching. Right, meow. Yes. I like, you, you like that phrase, fast approaching. Fast approaching. <laughs> exactly. Don't miss out. Dove and <laughs> early goose. Yeah. yeah. So early goose, Josh, he's going to take a trip up here. Where are you going? We're going to go to North Dakota and try to chase down some early season hawkers. When does it open up there? It opens here. Let me pull up my calendar. Um, on Monday, so the fifteenth. Okay. Wow. August fifteenth. August fifteenth. To think that that's it started. Yes. Goose. Early season goose. It'll be interesting. They I've got never, mosquitoes up there. Yeah. Yeah. I bet yeah. they do. Where don't a wet, they have mosquitoes? It's been a wet year too, so I've heard that they're like pterodactyl mosquitoes. Yeah. Do some permethrin and and bring the bug spray. I got my bag packed up. I think it was like Monday night, and I had to go searching around my house to find my thermosel, and I found it in some old bag that I took training the dog one time mm. and threw it in the corner of the garage. So glad I found that. Is mm-hmm. your – for early season go- – so – and you've done a lot of goose hunting, but is your setup and what you – how you do it different than obviously your late season goose hunting? This will be my first time hunting early season For the early season. Yeah, so normally I don't really get into geese until late November, December. But I've heard that the geese are still in family groups, and they kind of try to keep away from each other. And so when you set your decoy spread, you want to kind of put just little family groups out and space them apart. pods? Yeah. Like, okay. Like mom and dad and the goslings. But do you need as many, though? Probably not. You're probably not putting out these giant. Mm-mm. No, thirty dozen. We're bringing. <laughs> That's a small one. <laughs> we're we're bringing two bags of final approach silhouettes, so ten dozen silhouettes, and then just a handful of full bodies mm-hmm. and floaters if we're gonna hunt water. Yeah. So it's not a heavy load to carry out, there. especially with the silhouettes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to trying the backpack straps on that final approach bag with the silhouettes. Because I've heard reports that a lot of wheat hasn't been cut, so we might be hunting more water. And so okay. we might have to hike stuff in. Mm. And you put silhouettes around the edge of the water, too? Yeah. yeah use a I've, lot of them there. I've used silhouettes on the edges of ponds, put them on little mud flats if I'm hunting like a lake. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty shallow water. I'll even put them out into the water. So they're, okay. they're pretty versatile decoys. Yeah. yeah. yeah in a yeah. And that bag holds five dozen, and you can go on one person's back. So, like, two people can carry in ten dozen. 
That's kind of crazy. Or one to think person about. could carry ten dozen. You just put one on the front and one on the yeah, back. You can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we do a like a turtle. And that's the FA five dozen pack. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. we do a we do a five dozen FA silhouettes with that bag, all together. So it's a great setup to to get, especially if you're wanting to get into goose hunting and you want to get you know. Definitely. decoys that's a great option so you're talking to the, the guys you're going with are you going to be doing a lot of calling or is it like no calling or like little it's just calling? very light calling mm. is what i've heard so yeah. this will be I, I can come back and tell you about it how's that for sound? sure yeah i want to i want to hear the story is ours in missouri it's like october october is it october it used to be september and then they just keep pushing it back like, okay yeah. but it can be fun though it's like it's like deer hunting, and you're coming off their summer pattern, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, you know, you go hunt a, a green field, you know, and figure out their flight pattern, and it can be fun, and it's your first chance to get after some, some honkers. It's a great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Great I tried to, to I tried to do it last year. We had some geese nest at my family's property, and I was watching them in like late July, August. I'm like, ooh, they're landing in the pasture. I'm gonna come back in October, but. They weren't there, so I just did some dove hunting. Mm-hmm. But Which I was, I was ready yeah. to give it a go. I had a blind and everything. Yeah, it is early goose. Obviously, you've got dove September 1st. Archery, obviously, the 15th. But even teal before right that, teal. Or the 10th or 9th? 10th September, the at 10th. least around here. Mm-hmm. When is it in Kansas? I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm starting the first Saturday in Nebraska. Gotcha. Yeah. Josh brought it. it was, I was annoyed, but Josh brought it up to me. He's like, hey, isn't your teal season like September 10th? Mm-hmm. I was telling him I'm going to Texas for a softball tournament on like okay. the 9th through the 11th. And so it looks like I'm going to miss opener on yep. the teal, which that seems to be like that's the good time. I well, if, if the public ground up here is flooded, a lot of times they don't get water on the yeah in the public ground areas. But yeah. if you hunt like around a lake or reservoir, right, depends. And we've got out west hunting. That's all started. Guys, this month will be coming in, gearing up for going out there too. So mm-hmm. it's everything, you know, doing their mule deer, antelope, elk in September, elk coming up September. So it's just like four or five seasons. Oh yeah, yeah man. When we were doing, like, when we were jumping out to Colorado for the elk trips, we did before covid man we september were, one or... we were getting ready in july yeah those and are trips getting your, definitely yeah getting your gear list done getting out and getting using the pack you know you you know getting used to packing everything down any boots okay i'm weighing 40 pounds on the pack or 45 pounds and then we would be out we'd go out a couple of times and do some some hikes we tried to find as much elevation as we can in missouri it's all about <laughs> weight weight control when yeah. you're out there like what you're packing you're figuring out where to put things and whatnot yeah. and then man get up there september or you know right before september 1st and guys will bring in like you know they i remember when i went on my elk trip but you know this giant list and so you're making a few trips you just you know little by little you keep marking it down Whittle it down. Yeah. And you guys did a do-it-yourself mm-hmm. when you guys went yep. out there. That'd be that'd be a fun. Oh, know. man. I need to do that sometime. Let's do it. So looking forward to the, the September seasons opening up, What's do you guys have any gear lists since we're talking about it? For, I mean, we'll go into this um, 
what we were talking about before this was all the early season clothing lightweight stuff yeah that is offered from rogers is something that we were talking about the versatility we've been talking about it since turkey season Mm -hmm. right so so rogers has come out with a um elite chill series for the tops and then a tough light pant for the bottoms and these are not cotton these are polyester pieces that are very very light great for dove teal early goose early goose early deer yeah if you're Mm -hmm. looking at something that you can get above the 70s or into the 80s on your your hunting season you this is the piece you want because the the tops are offered in a short sleeve, long sleeve, and then a hoodie with a face mask. And they're offered in Max 7, and we've got Bottomland, and we have Obsession and Adapt. So and all those patterns, you know, the Max 7 I could see for Dove. And if you want the hood or if you don't, if you want the long sleeve or you want the short sleeve, that could be Dove. And then Teal the same way, but at the same time, you could wear that in Obsession or Bottomland in a tree stand. Mm-hmm. Because September deer hunting is, you don't want to put anything with weight on as far as, for in Missouri, it's not, not cold at all. No, there, there's been times where September rolls around and the first week or two of September, you know, the highs are like 82 and you get all wound up thinking, oh man, it's 80, 82, it's 50 something at night. I can't wait for bow season. And then September 15th rolls around and it's 92 again. And you're like, yeah, yeah that bottom land hoodie, mm-hmm. the is, chill on hoodie. My, is on my list. To yeah. To grab and with the built-in face mask, one less thing I got to worry about. Mm-hmm. It's all right there. Pop the hood up, bring the face and mask then we up. Offer an actual hoodie and some of them too for if it just gets a little bit so, of yeah, a chill. Yeah, just a little bit of a chill. Um, we have the Tech Tough Man Tech hoodie, which has like upper hand warmer pockets, and we got that in some some greener patterns like Obsession or Adapt. Mm-hmm. And then we have we've had the classic tech hoodie that has the brown panel on the bottom it has we have that in max 7 and bottom land um as well which has like the bottom land and max 7 is on the top part of the mm-hmm. hoodie yeah but it's like it's just a little bit heavier of a hoodie it's not a coat or anything perfect for the start of a morning a lot of times yeah. during Josh early Josh days. wore yeah. like a max 7 one a lot last year max 5 max well yeah max 7 wasn't out yet yeah but yeah we've got um but you can buy like one, even in the green stuff, you could buy Obsession or mm-hmm. Adapt, and it's got a greener look to it. But in September, everything's green still. Yeah. And you could buy one piece that could go teal, dove, deer. Yeah, I yeah. really got to get and into save it November for turkey. Yeah. Before I start seeing a lot of drop off in the leaves changing mm-hmm. and falling off, I mean, I'm into November, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, wear, green I wear a lot of stuff with green in it through almost all the way up to Halloween. A lot of times, obviously, yeah. you kind of got to base it on what the trees are doing, but you can wear a lot yes. of green through most of October here. Yep, around here, for sure. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah, up north, probably not, but... No, I'm with you. And it's a great... Obviously, we talked about it during Turkey, too, but it's a great uh, archery dove. Mm-hmm. Goose, and then like Chandler said, again, turkey season. Yeah, save it for turkey, yep. and then save it for turkey. Yep, really good price points on some of that stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yep. it's um, comfortable, stretchy. Yeah, the, the top is is all stre- all stretchy. So um, the pants are stretchy, and the, the tops are stretchy. Uh, the tops have UPF fifty. They're naturally cooling. They're chemical free of like you know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just natural pieces. So pretty right. cool stuff. Yep. Um, part of that gear list is all your, for me, like white tail, but, um, all my, uh, scent control stuff, mm. which we're, we're filling up on. So, you know, whether you're 
dead dad win or wildlife research or you yeah. know whichever brand you want to go with yeah they, so i mean it's all, we might be excluding josh here a little bit but with all the scent stuff for all the years i mean what are you guys still doing what's i mean we've we've all of all three of us and maybe josh has done it too have what like we've tried it all for scent elimination mm-hmm. yeah i i think i think no matter which way you go just trying to be unbiased right but mm-hmm. in my opinion if you were just um, if someone came in and didn't have a product to choose, I might say, hey, this is what I use. Um, mm-hmm. But I think just in general, doing what you can, whether Helps. you use one company or the other. Yeah. You know, just. But so are you are you doing washing, I drying, like to do showering? I, yeah. So showering. I will do it all. And some people even do it even more extreme than I do. But obviously I'll get a good wash in. You know, before the season starts, as soon as it um, comes out of the dryer, goes into my scent tote. So you got a plastic tote? And I leave it there, mm-hmm. whether it's a plastic tote. Or duffel. Or, a, a, you know, an airtight duffel bag or yeah. whatever it may be. Um, do and you then, use any ozone or anything? I don't. I Actually, I do. I have uh, the scent crusher uh, bag, which have, they've redesigned mm-hmm. for this year. Um, so you can set time limits on it. And so that morning I'll throw it in that duffel bag or they make a closet or whatever you, you know, you're choosing and I'll throw it in there and give it a, you know, while I'm upstairs showering or whatever, I'll give it a 30 minute yeah. ozone bath just to make sure I'm good sure. to go. And then, um, they have it for your vehicle too. Yeah. You know, so if you got leftover french fries in there or something you know <laughs> smell like that but um and then when i get out i'll spray down obviously i'm more concerned with spraying my boots than everything but because you did spray all that down you did all that prep work you know right and so i'll i'll use you know some sort of spray or whatever it is i like to just do an unscented mm-hmm. regular spray not the fresh earth or the i i switch well i'll, I'll tell you what i switch to but i I'll spray down with an unscented before I walk out, and then, uh, and then if I break for lunch, I'll do it again. I might do an ozone bath on my outer layers, and then respray for the evening. When there, when it gets to like that late October, you know, and you, you got more rainfall, and when you walk in to the timber and it's kind of that wet leaf, it's not as much like the dirt smell, like disked up dirt, but that fall smell. I will switch to an autumn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. Like wildlife research do does an like an autumn spray, yeah. but it's not that um, dirt smell. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there is, yeah, I think there's areas to use dirt, but if you're like in the middle of a timber hole and not in the edge of a field, it's kind of an unnatural smell. Sure. Is this you guys, you guys remember those HS wafers, man? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh I still got gosh. some. Those and things, we sell a bunch. You still sell them? I put one in a tote Man. when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. We always put them in totes. The problem is <laughs> that dirt smell got throughout the whole house, <laughs> and I was in such big trouble when I was younger. <laughs> that tote <laughs> wasn't that sealed very tote well. Wouldn't, it just stunk up the whole house every time I opened oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah. There was pine and all Yeah, they make all sorts of different dirt. ones. And there was estrus. Oh, yeah. You can't put those Don't in put the tote. Don't put clothes. the estrus wafer down in your <laughs> tote. Yeah. No, no, no. But they even. That goes on a tree. With the, with the ozone technology, too, um, which is really big now, um, 
and say you're not, you know, price point wise, if you don't want to go out there and buy a $300 ozone bag, they do make, I think it's from HME, they make the little handheld ozone one um, that you can drop in your tote and turn it on. Mm. I mean, you're under 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, I think it might be $30. You get like a husky tote or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just, you know, a plain old tub or, or a husky tote or whatever. You know, um, Josh, have you done any of that? <laughs> do you do, no. Do the ducks? Dude, I live. I live smell. in my stink. Okay, um, I'm lucky if my stuff gets washed once a week. Well, as waterfowlers, you want to mud it up, right? So yeah, 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 just yeah. Dirty, yeah. right? But I, I try to practice it. I mean, there's, you know, there's other factors, and some of it's luck too, right? Mm-hmm. Just being in the right spot. But I would prefer way. not to smell like Aaron, Taco you- Bell. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. I mean, I mean, talking about smells, like towards the end of waterfowl season, like your waterfowl tote and or truck and or whatever <laughs> starts to smell like yes. a hockey locker room the or duffel, a football locker the room. Bag yeah. is rough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They they because there's no care. They know when it comes to and, that, and it, half the time it's getting put away, soaking wet, and it just gets a little. I feel, I feel like I do good with washing my base layers because I usually make it back. To mm-hmm. the house in the mm-hmm. base layers, but like these mid layer hoodies and stuff, they get put like in blind bags and duffel <laughs> they bags. Just roll and around they just, in the backseat of the truck. Yeah, roll around the backseat of the truck. I they can never, smell it now. They never make it to the, <laughs> the, the washing machine. The one thing I have, and I talk about taking it to the extreme, like I know some guys that'll do the, they'll switch to um, dead downwind, like the deodorant. deodorant or whatever. There's like a switch over. Oh, before you know. season. Before season, mm-hmm. they'll switch over to that. Am I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if you do it. I, I, I do sometimes just because, like, I've tried it before, like, before we headed out west, just for something different. I was like, okay, let me take my regular deodorant and then I'm going to shower in scent free soaps and shampoos and see how many showers it takes before I can't smell my scented, you know, Old Spice or Axe or whatever you guys use. Uh-huh. And it took, it, it took about four showers with unscented products so before you switch couldn't. over yeah so i mean the guy that he's throwing on body spray and regular deodorant and regular shampoo yeah. to just hit it once right before you go out right i'm sure it helps a little bit but that yeah. the residue of the scented stuff is still there for about four showers for me that's just me personally maybe the one level i'm not to yet and i wish i was better at is taking the time whether it's leaving earlier or whatever so i don't like I wear my clothes, you know, you, I'm wearing half of them in the truck on the way to the stand, and then I'm ready right mm. there instead mm-hmm. of. I've done I've done the extreme to where getting to your stand you and pretty switching. much drive to the to the deer property, mm-hmm. and then you go get down to your underbridges mm-hmm. and get rid of everything you just wore because you probably stopped at a gas station, you know, yeah. you probably ate donuts uh-huh. or something, had a right. coffee. And you strip down to your underbridges, and you put up everything out of the scent safe bag right there in the grass. And it, sometimes right. late October or November, it is not very warm. Is it when you're, when you're that, doing that? Is it Sitka that made the the launch pad or yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. that you stood on? And well, that's a good idea because you could do an FA waiter bag that has a pad on it, and yeah. you can put your you could do the same in. thing. Yeah, you can do, put your deer clothes in that, and you can stand on the quick the detour pad. talking about a gas station and donuts. Josh, what's your go-to snacks and/or drinks when you stop at a gas station before duck hunting? Oh, depends on the on the place I stop at. Okay, 
If I stop at Casey's, I'm getting a breakfast pizza. Oh, okay. Man. If I stop at Quick Trip, I'm going to get another breakfast a pizza. sausage biscuit. No. Okay. <laughs> and drinks, beverages? Uh, I've stopped buying beverages from gas stations. Okay. Yeah. Mountain Ob- Object Night. What, what What's your go-to? Snacks and or gas station uh, purchases? Being honest, probably... It's very similar. I don't. Chandler know grabs I'm... a basket. No. <laughs> yes. I do like like the sausage egg and cheese biscuits and stuff. And a Red Bull would probably be. Casey's breakfast pizza is hard to beat. There for a while, I was stuck on like an iced honey bun and a coffee. But I do sometimes. And then something savory. Yeah. But well, last season I kind of started doing this thing where we wouldn't stop at the gas station in the morning when we were going to our spot because we always have snacks and stuff i keep boxes of snacks in the back seat of my truck pop tarts uh pop tarts and like if you get one of those multi-pack bags mm-hmm. of chips mm-hmm. or like i had a box of goldfish like it's easy if you shop at costco to be prepared for these situations yes, it, it saves but, you money uh yeah it saves you money but what we started doing was after the hunt we'd stop at casey's and get a pizza and a mountain dew mm-hmm. you want to talk about refreshment yeah. all right what's your snack of my, choice pat my so I have to be careful on snacking in the morning. Yes, understood. Didn't we talk about this? So, so there's no emergency pit stops. Yes, um, I have an issue. <laughs> so um, I will sip on something. Um, right now, it'd probably be Diet Mountain Dew would be my go-to. Um, Not coffee because that jump starts things too. Right. And snacking, I would. I'll pack a few snacks, maybe uh, some jerky or something in there but i try to refrain in my morning hunt from eating too much yeah that's um, good but that's part of the gear list too like what do you put in your pack right tp you your snacks <laughs> baby a roll wipes. of toilet paper yes baby wipes that's yes. very good that's part of the gear list i agree yes every pack should have a stash uh-huh. rolled up in like a like some sort of zip top bag to keep it dry what mm-hmm. i what i I've done like uh like I like the uh like cream pies. Mm-hmm. Um the problem is I like them soft and if you're doing late season hunting whether it's oh I have or goose or or deer hunting and you go to get it and it's a rock hard like hockey a puck brick. <laughs> yeah. So get this my buddy Adam figured this out a couple of years ago. Um he stopped at the gas station when we were going hunting and he bought one of those big rice crispy treat bars the chocolate ones. And we found out that when you're hunting and it's like 30 degrees outside, that thing's rock hard. And so what he started doing was he took the, the lid off his coffee cup and he dunked his chocolate rice crispy into his coffee, softened it up. It was, it's there so good. Go. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm on board I also this. watched him in a video cooking Pop-Tarts on a, <laughs> on a, on a stove. Yes. Or not a stove. It was a, a buddy heater. A buddy heater. Yeah. Pop-Tarts are Don't so good. I love Pop-Tarts. Here's a good here's We've a done good that with question. pizza, too. You, you get a whole Casey's pizza in the morning, and then it's cold by the time you get to the blind. Right. But if you take the front cage off the buddy heater and you like flip it around, it makes like a little grill. Yeah. Not recommended, but I don't know if it's good for you. you know, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what's it, what's wrong with a little uh, I don't know propane on I your pepperoni? I just don't want anybody burning pizza boxes in the middle. No, of no, 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 no. You box. take your slice out of the oh. box and put it on the grill. <laughs> I thought you were putting the pizza box right <laughs> no, on top of the burner. No, that, that's a fire on it out. <laughs> Here's a good question: Disclaimer: Whether it's waterfowl or deer hunting, are you a face paint type of guy or mask? 
Neither. 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 He keeps his head down. Yeah. Yeah. Just Neither. Nothing. Nothing. Now, there's some people that don't even like to wear ball caps because, you know, it's cold or something. I'm always a fan of a ball cap with a decent-sized bill on it because, one, you can kind of keep your head down. It keeps your face in the shadows. Mm-hmm. But if it's cold, you know, I'll wear a ball cap and then throw a stocking cap over it or a hood or something. But I'm more of the keep your face down if you're watching the birds that are seeing you. So Yeah, and it's – well, it is different. When I'm duck hunting or something, I'll wear a ball cap. Just keep my head down. I'm usually, you know, in an A-frame or whatever. We mm-hmm. hunt out of a lot of A-frames now, me and Dad. So, you know, you're tucked down in there. Deer hunting, which most of mine comes up in a stand. So if it's cold, I'll do a, a beanie. I can't have my ears covered at all because right. I always want to hear. And sure. so I'll wear the, the old school HS, like, net style almost like a mosquito-type netting mm-hmm. face mask, and it covers everything up. I don't know why. I've just always done it, and then, you know, that way if something's come, I just feel like I'm totally covered. I've sure. tried the face paint, and I, you know, I get why you do it because you don't have a mask, and some people, you know, you don't like a mask, but um, I got paint everywhere, and so I don't do it. <laughs> I don't. The thing I don't like about face masks, especially in the late season, is you breathing and if you mm-hmm. cover your nose and your mouth and you're at any point breathing hard or a lot they just get soaking wet and then ice cold mm-hmm. so here's a question from somebody who's done very minimal amounts of deer hunting if you're in a tree why do you need to put a face mask on or face paint they always look at me <laughs> or in my direction so deer do look up they a lot of people say they don't or they didn't used to but i'm of the mentality that they do they've they've learned now they've been conditioned to Look for people sitting in trees. Well, they just, I mean, they're going to see movement. You know, if they're 40 yards away, your height relativity, even if you're 15 feet, isn't, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not like they're looking straight up. So, you know, they don't have to move much, you know, and if you're. And our our oily skin probably just is like a a reflector out there in the woods. Exactly. So I definitely try to cover up for sure. Yeah. Um my face i i don't i choose not the face paint but i'll put the the old mesh mask on because i want to be able to breathe in here i've got to be able to hear mm-hmm. and i don't like thick gloves either it doesn't matter it could be one degree out i'm wearing thin thin gloves absolutely thin thin gloves even some that have uh finger finger cutouts, yep. finger cutouts on my thumb and trigger finger especially gun hunting but even archery um and then I'll I'll wear a uh, hand muff mm-hmm. to keep them warm that way. But I want to be able to feel everything I'm doing when it comes to sure the release or whatever it may be. Yep, same. So, um, yeah, everybody's you know kind of getting a groove and do your own thing. But, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, where were we at? I derailed us with you, the you, snacks. You it's okay. We to, I know it's all right. About we're, the we're, scent control. I think we were. Yeah. On well, that, yeah, we talked about that. Just kind of our gear list. But um, I was wondering what you did for scent control. I mean, are you are you wash I, clean ozone or? I don't. I don't get too crazy, but I think there's some validation to scent control. I think that any any time you can try and put something to your advantage, or at least be intentional or aware of what you're doing, it can help. So. I'm not wearing hunting clothes and pumping gas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I walk into a, a greasy mom and pa's diner, I mean, 
it happens, but if I do that, then I'll try to wash them mm-hmm. afterwards. But I'll usually wash my hunting clothes once, maybe twice during the season, but usually once right before. I've got a big tote. It's not a special scent-free tote. It's like a Rubbermaid tote. But then I've got giant Ziploc bags that you can just roll your clothes up in and put them in them. Um, but I, I, I'm not using the ozone stuff too much. Um, but And then I get a couple bottles of a scent elimination spray mm-hmm. that I'll spray my feet and legs and pack. And a lot of people don't think about it, but you're packing bow especially. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't yep. think about your pack and bow, but mm-hmm. you might as well spray them down. And those are the things that sit in garages. Yep. Yeah, right? garages and or in the house, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll spray my ball cap down and my boots pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. The rest of me, it's been in a tote, but yet it's still been on me, so I'll wear that. But one thing I like to wear that I think helps is I wear merino base layers. So waterfowl hunting, I like to wear synthetic base layers because, one, waterfowl hunting, you're either getting wet, your arms are getting wet, you're picking up decoys. So I'll wear synthetic base layers waterfowl hunting because they dry faster and still keep their warmth. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as deer hunting or big game hunting for the scent factor, I wear merino base layers because they don't hold any of that bacteria. And Chandler, you know, from elk trips we've taken, you can, you can hit some merino pretty hard for three, four, seven days at a time and it doesn't get rancid. No, not too bad. Yeah. Maybe that's just us getting used to it though. That, well, (laughs) I think merino, it, it, for big game hunting for me works unless I'm out West and then I'll wear synthetics. But just for whitetail hunting, I'll wear merino base layers and then layer on top of it. But scent sprays and washes, and then, of course, my body. For most of the season, I'll try and use um, scent, I guess, the green hunter specialty soap or dead down wind. But with limited time, it's not like I'm hunting every day or every two or three days. So I time it to where I know I'm going to get a couple, three or four showers in before I'm hunting, and then I'll start using it. Yeah. What about... Um, specifically archery, do you, uh, I have in the past, do you ever bring an extra release? I, I think I, do I carry an extra release? I used to carry a couple because I've gotten out there before. Yes. I keep a handheld, I keep a handheld in my backpack and then I usually keep a wrist strap in my backpack too. I don't keep any of it with a bow case. I always keep it in the backpack. So once hunting season starts, the release is always in the backpack and an extra handheld is always in the backpack. Yeah, once my my backpack stays the way it is, the only thing that changes is the snacks or, you know, whatever. But I build it for the season and then it's done. So the flashlights are always in there, the floodlights, the release, the... Um, I always have an extra ball cap or uh, an extra hoodie you know, depending on what time of year mm-hmm. it is. So everything stays in there, which makes it nice. So then you're I've, not searching. I've had an extra release save me because um, I started shooting a handheld for a while, a stands hand, handheld, and I really liked the release. I still have it. But I had I was following Aaron over here. I had the bow up in the tree hanger, and the release was on the bow, and I bumped it with my shoulder, and the release fell to the floor. <laughs> Because yep. I had it, I had just the handheld release hanging from the D loop, gotcha. mm-hmm. and well, luckily I did have my, I had a Carter like RX two in the backpack, so I yeah. put that on and nothing, nothing. I'll hurt. even do that, and then that's true. the last time I took uh, stands hunting, mm-hmm. and gotcha. it's not the release's fault. Sure, I just know that if I put that RX two wrist strap release on my wrist, it's not going anywhere, yeah. and I'm ready at all times, mm-hmm. and it's a hook release to where. I don't have to think about like finding the D loop. I can find the D loop with an, with that RX two without looking at the bow. Yeah, sure. Um, 
I know they make an RX one. I don't know if they make the RX two still, but um, they're hook hook releases to where you can kind of like put your thumb on the D loop and then like replace the hook, place the hook gotcha. in the D loop, and you don't have to, you don't have to like the like a cal like a single caliper or a dual caliper release. You don't have to like look at the D loop and make sure yeah. you clip on and don't get stuck on something else. Yeah. Yeah, I got my rangefinder in there. My binos stay in there. I even do the extra, just some small screw-in hooks, some yeah. coated ones, just in case. I, you know, I my bow hanger fell out or something, you know, and mm-hmm. I need to hang up something extra, just orange tape and all that stuff. So, I mean, the list. I try not to get crazy because I'm doing, you know, one day hunts, but yeah, one day pack. You know, I thought you said you were going to pack full. three days worth of food from now on. Well. <laughs> That would be that would be an issue for me. Hmm. Um, with hunting coming up too, um, waterfowl and deer hunting alike, we were just talking earlier. Like when we looked up like Missouri hunting, I feel like it's becoming harder to find public, private, sp- pri- no private, yes, yeah. private spots to go. If you know, it's like leases you know everybody's leasing out and then outfitters and, and clubs. outfitters buying up you know or leasing out property and so um and i think there's this perception that you know like what were we talking about or like the 20 acre public land spot you know mm-hmm. there's still lots of public land out there although the number was weird from missouri so based off the two that we found it's like 88 to 93% of all the land in Missouri it's private. is privately owned. So that leaves you, you know, 7 to 10%, let's say, of public land, which you don't think's a lot. Um, but there's still quite a bit out there. And Aaron brought up, you know, I think some people might overlook a 20-acre public land spot. And I go, yeah, but if you, if I told that same person, hey, would you like to own a 20-acre farm to hunt on, You'd be like, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. you know. But there's this perception that these public spots are overrun, and there's, you know, sure. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't know if they are, I, especially I w- if you creep out a little bit from the cities. On yeah, some I of, wouldn't be afraid some of the Missouri to public look. Lanes, you know, um, and so that's you know that's a topic that gets brought up, and I and people always ask me too, like, hey, do you know of some spots to go? Mm-hmm. Um, and same with waterfowl, which is probably. I would say even a little bit more difficult. Yeah, because you got to have deer water. hunting. Because you, yeah, or crop fields or something. Especially yeah. if you're doing late, you know, food, you know, feeding. Sure. Field hunting. Because a lot of public land is just a chunk of timber, which right. That's you not going to do you so much. But you good can for... get you can get into some great deer hunting. Now, each spot, you know, I would tell everybody. Each specific spot has its own rules and regulations, mm-hmm. not just the mdc website itself but then each location make sure you read those yeah mm-hmm. get the get the book um, and get the layout but if you take the time and you know you got to do a lot more scouting because yeah. you can't use cameras in a lot of spots trail cams um if you're doing stands you've got to lock them and put your info if you're doing a ground blind a lot of them you have to take in with you and take out that day because they're not permanent Mm-hmm. Um, you can't put out mineral and food to see what's out there, but there's some great spots to hunt. I like what Missouri came out with the, I use the Mo Outdoor app. So we do the, the Mo hunting, you can get all your, uh, 
tags. Um, but if you're into fishing or hunting, you can do the mow outdoor and then click what you're wanting to do, fishing or hunting. I click on hunting. I put in my location, and then I can look everywhere in Missouri, though, how far away mm-hmm. and what's available and how big it is. And it gives you the map and the boundary and the rules and regulations for that spot. And, and that's a lot of conservation ground. I know a lot of other states do, like walk-in hunting. Mm-hmm. Kansas has a lot of walk-in hunting. Nebraska has a lot of walk-in hunting. I don't think Missouri has a a walk-in hunting type thing that I'm aware of, but you know, there's right. a lot of places. All, if people can't relate as far as conservation ground, they can relate to walk-in yeah. hunting ground. Because I've uh, I've had some decent turkey hunts on some walk-in hunting ground. Sure. I don't think I've ever deer hunted walk-in in any other state. It's all been private for deer hunting. But mm-hmm. do you utilize quite a bit of public ground in waterfowl hunting, Josh? Oh. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's primarily what I do. Mm-hmm. I like hunting pr- uh, public more than private because I get to play with all my cool toys. Yeah. It's hard you, to hard you to gotta drop. Be, you got to get farther back. You got to get to the better spot. Oh, yeah. Do you scout out some of it before you even go, or have you went in blind before? And I've done everything, man. Yeah. Does it – well, and – and I know in Missouri and in Kansas too, but you know they'll tell you like if there's a boat ramp accessible, and so if you've got a, you know, waterfowl setup, you want to get out there and, um, you know, hunt by water and go in by boat, you know, it, it tells you that too. So, for sure, there's definitely when you're packing for public land. So you take your boats a lot to a lot of the places you go. Yeah, kayak, layout boat, big boat. I mean, it really just depends on what I'm doing, or I'll pack a cart and carry it in with me. So, And are you A-frame or layout blind mostly that for most of your spots or some homemade blind? It, it just putting it, up your it logs. depends, man. Yeah. It, it really different. does. It depends on the place and the right. wind and where I'm planning on setting up, how many people are coming with me. Sure. So I yep. like to have options. Right. And like to be able to adapt and do things that I want to do. So yeah. over the years, I've accumulated a lot of different types of gear to help yeah. me in different situations. Which there is a lot of options out there. Mm-hmm. Now, we like the, um, if you're the Marsh Seat guy, the new, uh, that Rogers Elite Mud Seat. Mm-hmm. Um, for a guy that's hunting marshes and has always sat on the, the you know, Marsh Seat mm-hmm. no back, this one. Yeah, it's a mesh mesh seat with the backrest. With the backrest, which, you know, over time, and probably like that. Or there's the Invisiman, which is kind of the same concept. You can hunt in some water. There's definitely options for you out there. There's A-frames. There's Rigamart's got a panel blind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the Melmarsh Versa blind, which you can do um, land or Water. water now. It's got extendable legs. I think it's like 36 inches, but so you can hunt. You know, in the marsh, in the water, you can hunt on land. How much is your strategy going to change this year with your dog as far as hunting? Well, I'm probably not going to hunt her until about Thanksgiving. Okay. So it's going to be very similar to years past, but she's going to tag along. We'll just have to adapt a little bit with whatever she needs. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. So next year, you'll probably hunt her quite a bit, and then that'll Mm -hmm. be when you really have to. Yeah, well, I picked up the the Momarsh boat this year because – she wasn't going to fit in the kayak oh, yeah. and I've done a lot of kayak coming in the past. I'd, I've kind of grown to really love layout boat hunting. And so had to find an option to bring the dog with me and the Momarsh boat seemed to work pretty good. So I'm looking forward to using that with her and 
seeing how she does out of it. But so it'll be you, her, and how many dozen decoys? I don't know, two or three. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. I don't usually bring all that many. I mean, there was times last year when I was running eight or nine decoys in my set just because the birds were stale, and I wanted to bring some really nice decoys out, add a lot of motion, put them all on a jerk rig, add some pulsators, and seemed to work really well. Uh, the public land hunting for the whitetail side, um, something that's getting big is the saddle hunting. Mm-hmm. It just keeps growing. And so we got in tethered Hawk. now that we offer, hawk, and then trophy line. So we've got you set up. Because um, publicly, still, you can't you can't do screwing steps. You can't right bow hangers. You gotta you gotta know yeah, everything's got to be you know non evasive to yeah. to where you're hunting and and not to get away from climbers. We've got those too. So lots of climbers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the downfall of a climber on at least public land is the tree you want to go in's got limbs coming out. You can't cut those you can't down. cut them off. With these, with the saddle hunting, it allows you to do any type of tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we've got all these options of light sticks, and and you know I'm getting used to working on the saddles. You know it's new to me too, but um, it's such a great option for public land hunters, and it's lightweight. There's no, no I mean you're no more carrying a heavy fifteen pound. Your thing. saddle mm-hmm. with even if you got extra bags, um, you're like under five pounds for all of it the sticks is different you know depending on whether you get aluminum or steel sticks and then one of the big thing that i'm learning is the the platform on which you use Mm -hmm. which there's different ones people use um but we offer you know larger size platforms which a lot of guys are trending towards um but we've got them all the way down to like hawk makes the the monkey bars they call them but like the little steps that just wrap around the tree Um, so it's super portable lightweight it's as light as you want to get it and make it and very versatile as far as like you said the trees you're Mm -hmm. looking for and you're wearing it in and you just wherever you want to go you just find a spot and you're done so so there's definitely options out there for public land hunting Um, you talked about you can't screw in for like a bow hanger and they make bow hangers that are you know, almost like a ratchet style strap. Um, so there's options out there, but there's plenty of places to go. And, um, and don't forget about Onyx. I know. Um, yeah. It, it's a really good feature for looking at the, at public land and private mm-hmm. land and figuring yeah. out where you want to go, what you want right. to do. Josh, like you use it quite a bit, don't you? Mm-hmm. Sure do. Now, do you use it for scouting for finding pieces of ground or once you're on the ground navigating or all the above? All the above. I mean, I I use it during the off-season trying to find different places to go explore. I'll use it to figure out where boat ramps are because sometimes they have boat ramps marked. Um, I'm planning a trip to go hunt the upper Mississippi over in Iowa at some point this year. And so I've been kind of perusing on X around that area to see what it's all about, see what it's going to look like kind of get a good lay of the land but yeah even at night when you're navigating your boat trying to get to your spot it'll track you the whole way but one of my favorite things to do with it for waterfowl is i'll uh i'll look at boat ramps and use the line distance tool and figure out which boat ramp gets me to my spot with the least distance so and you can take that same thing and like deer hunting public ground you can i've i've 
have this place that um, the public hunted deer, and there's like two entrances, and you could, depending on where you want to go, you kind of need to like map. That's they're kind of both sides, you know. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to figure out, but you know, you could use Onyx and map out. Okay, if I go to this side, I'm only this far away, or if I go to this side, I'm it's closer or whatnot. And sometimes it could get confusing because the the way the public lands lay it out there might be some private land intertwined with it mm-hmm. and so it'll show you kind of where the boundaries are and hey am i going to cross you know to get right there you know maybe only 30 yards but there's a little sliver here that someone privately owns and so you can you know whether you need to contact them and ask for permission to cross or you you need to find another route around and you know keeps you the tools are out there to Sure. To see what's going on. Um, the biggest thing with public land, I would say, is is each area has its own independent, which I found out, you know, their own special rules. Mm-hmm. It might be doe only, or it might be... Buck only. Buck only, or it might be archery only, or no rifle, or um, the spot that I used to go 10 years ago, um, when me and my dad first started hunting it, we could hunt rifle. And then when I went back the next year, it had changed. I mean, it changes constantly, and now it's only muzzleloader or archery, you know, so it's ever-changing, too. But So always look into that. But There's some great opportunities out there in, in all the states. I thought Kansas, it was interesting, the percentage of Public private, private, private yeah. to public. It was. I think it's like two percent public. It was yeah, two yeah. percent, like one point uh-huh. nine or something. It was yeah. crazy. And Texas was low too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's some states that yeah, there's not a lot of opportunity. You see the vast on, land, yeah. but must all be privately owned yep. farmland, like out exactly. in Kansas. All this land is mm-hmm. owned already. Yeah, so I feel I feel like Missouri's got plenty. It no, does. You might, you might say it's only. I, I know. 10, I say 10 percent, and it seems low. But well, you, there's, you tell me, like, go twenty minutes. You need to be on public ground hunting, and I yes. can be like, yeah, I could be there. Right, I know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I five a, minutes from here, I think we can be. Yeah. Somewhere. So. Exactly. Yeah, really. It's ten. It's eleven minutes from here to there. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. Is there a piece of gear that you're excited about that you're adding this year? Yeah, I well, I I alluded to it some, but I'm adding a saddle. To my arsenal. Okay. And yes, I've got some private land I hunt on, but I'm adding it because it gives me the opportunity to move sets without buying a whole nother yeah. stand or taking down a stand mid-season. And moving it. And moving it. Which I have done, but ugh, it's kind of a hassle. Whereas if you had a saddle, you just... I talked about my road stand. Yeah. I'm like, I need a stand there. So I had I go and buy one and I get it put up. Well, now I, you know, if I'm not using it right then... I'm like, hey, I need to be 50 yards that way. That's, that's you know, I'm too far one way or the other. Go grab the saddle out, out of the, the truck, truck yeah. and I'm on my way. Saddle and sticks are small so enough. So I'm, you can I'm keep super stoked about it. Mm-hmm. Chandler, what cool. are you adding this year? I don't know. I didn't think about that for a second. I haven't really purchased any any major things yet. I mean, I, I did get a kayak. Okay. And and it's a a multi-purpose kayak because I've been down to fork fishing with it this year already, mm-hmm. catching some big fish on it, which was quite a blast. I've never, I didn't realize on a bass boat, 
you can actually control the fish when you're fighting them a little bit better, you know, put your rod in the water, you know, move your body around, you know, on a kayak, you're, <laughs> you're at the fish's, you're at the fish's will, whatever the fish wants to do, you're doing it, especially when you get a big enough fish. Yeah. I think I caught seven something pound largemouth and it took me all over the place. <laughs> For a ride. <laughs> Jumped like six times and, you know, normally I don't let a fish jump at all. Usually I try to bulldog them down once they try to come up, but I couldn't do that on the kayak. Anyways. Um, probably this month, um, next few weeks, I'm going to have, uh, my kayak outfitted with a Goosebuster XL on top of it, which would be interesting. I'll, I'm going to modify it and then I'll be a little kayak layout boat mm-hmm. and, uh, that'll be something fun for this waterfowl season that so I can go cool. to places. And I also, this kayak I bought, it's a new canoe, uh, Frontier 12. I bought it because I'm going to take it deer hunting too. It's, uh, it can get me onto some landlocked, well, not really landlocked. It can get me to some deer hunting spots that no one goes to because it's like a four mile walk in on Mm -hmm. public ground. And if you're, unless you're like slip hunting or, you know, you're, you know, on the ground hunting, you're, it's even, I've tried to do it. Even carrying a hang on or a climber back there is just a lot of weight when you have to go that far back. Sure. And so... This this kayak gives me gives me the ability to to use a waterway and not not expend any effort, you know. Just it's it's I'll have to get nav lights on it, and it's bad, you know. I got a trolling motor on it; it's super quiet, and the trolling motor moves it really well. And I can just slip up into there. And this this kayak has proven, and people haul deer out in it. You know, it's got the rating for it, so I can slip up in there with a tree stand and a bow. Um, jump up and you know find the tree that I want to hunt in and that type of thing and then I can get out of there and really I'm not really in being invasive either crashing through the woods from you know whatever way I'm coming in you know and I might be able to use the wind better that way too so that's kind of the my exploration this year I like that Josh anything you're adding for waterfowl hunting in particular that other than, I guess, the layout boat, that's kind of new. The layout boat, yeah. That's that, been your summer project? That's been the summer project, yeah. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to hunt out Which of it. Which people can watch on your channel how you've oh yeah outfitted it all summer long. Yeah, I think it's like a 14-video series on building this into the ultimate duck boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got you got probably one more build. I think you're going to grass it up coming up sometime, and then teal season's around the corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. I can't think of anything else really. Any, any big ticket gear items? What other. was the, what was the name that your um, followers named the? Oh, it's the Quacker Stacker. Quacker Stacker. Okay. Quacker Stacker. We talked about that last yeah, time we were all together. Yeah, they've named the several of your boats. All yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. When I had a final attack, they named it the Final Quack. Mm-hmm. Josh, you forgot. We forgot to talk about what you're wearing right now. Oh. Yeah, I'm real excited about this one. Yeah. So we we're talking about early season gear, and we went jumped from Elite Chill, which is like a polyester lightweight piece, UPF 50, or the Tough Light, which is a four-way stretch polyester pant. Um, we went straight from that to like a tech hoodie. But in between there is our, um, it's the I think it's the Rogers Elite Heavy Grid hoodie. And then um, that's what he's got on right now. So... That's going to be in 
probably when this podcast is coming out or very soon after. It's a half zip, thumb holes in the arms, hood. Yeah, it's a it's a grid piece. Um, it's not very Napoleon heavy, pocket. but it's got some warmth to its weight ratio. Yes. He is playing with Cell the zipper pocket, there. Yeah. You can hear the quality. Yes. But it's that perfect, like, starting layer or, like, early season layer that adds just a little bit of warmth, but it's not too hot. It's a half zip. You can dump heat. It's got a hood. It's in a very dull brown color. And we offer it in multiple camo yes. patterns with uh, Max 7 and bottom lane. Being, and then I'm set up country DNA. There you go. So it is a deer piece. It is a duck piece. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And they're going to be in, I mean, hoping, I'm hoping this week. But Yeah. Um, very soon. So that's a pretty sweet piece. Josh is excited for it. I'm going to live in this thing. I know. I think you're I think you're buying like six of them or something. Yeah. <laughs> One for every day of the week besides Sunday. Yes. Hey, we talked about how frequently we wash things. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll help with the stank. Right? Yes. I am going to add that uh, Elite Chill hoodie. The lightweight? And, yeah, the lightweight hoodie. Yeah. Which we um, talk about it in the hunting aspect. It's great for fishing, too. Oh, yeah. Well, with the we, UPF we make, factor. Yeah, we make it a solid and it's a fishing mm-hmm. top. So it's right. It's just super, yep. super lightweight. It protects so you, you from can, the sun. So the fish can't see you. Yeah, yes. the fish can't see you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're just saying you could add it to your fishing arsenal. That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. Boy. Um, one thing I would like to add at some point is the closet version. Scent crusher, of the, yeah, like a scent crusher type. Yeah. Um, if you got the designated just to space have for it, it for like you know, in my game room or wherever I'm getting set up, um, just because then you can hang everything. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. You can put a lot of gear in. There, mm-hmm. I'm a yeah, I'm a tote guy. Uh, Same. And I only I, if I, I want to give it a quick bath. Yeah, I use I use ozone sometimes. Uh, I used to have the scent crusher bag. I still have the scent crusher machine, the ozone machine. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I'm do the best I can on scent and then uh, play the wind. Yeah, even better. Play the wind. That's exactly right. And if if it, if something does happen and if you've done all that stuff with your scent, you're 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 probably smelling like you're you know a mile away, but you could be a hundred yards away or something like mm-hmm. that. Where like just right getting rid of as much of that human scent as possible and might sure. not spook them. Yeah. To where if they really get wind of you, they're going to be blowing you out of there. And there's certain times of the year where it seems dear to defy odds where they come in from straight downwind and you haven't since showered or, you know, there's stories of your friend, your grandpa, your uncle smoking cigarettes and then shooting a monster deer. There's just sometimes that you can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Are you adding anything this year? I added one of those uh, Millennium Buck Huts. Oh, did you? Yeah. What's nice. that? Is that a is that a solid blind? It's a, it's a, a soft sided, soft sided. But it's an eight foot metal stand, a steel stand, eight foot. It's got a seven foot framed, soft sided blind and a floor mat. It's got a ladder. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to do is we was going to buy several just regular pop up blinds, and build some wooden platforms. Well, by the time you price out lumber right now, which is still <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah and then the hardware, and then you factor in time to build it. Um, by the time you factor in a ground blind, the lumber, and the materials, it, it really wasn't much more at all to get this. And so, you know, you figure you're going to do some 4 by 4s and y- your platform, you know, you might drop it down a little bit. It might not put it right at 8 feet, but, 
you know, the brackets and everything. It was, mm-hmm. it really wasn't much more. And it's a steel stand that one, you just take that soft cover off after hunting season. And the frame of the, where the blind goes on, it's a steel framed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's solid. not going to collapse and or it's anything. It's a thick canvas style. Yep almost like a wall tank, you know, yeah. you can see in the back country. Exactly. And it's got sides and then a separate roof. So if anything happens to the roof, you can replace that or the sides. But I thought, man, that's, that's going to be easier than cheaper to replace than if something happens to a pop-up blind and gets ripped or torn or destroyed. So And it'll fit two people? Yeah. It's seven feet tall and it's, it'll fit about two people. Sure. Two people. Bunch well, of window options that. I was going to say the does magnetic it have horizontal mm-hmm. and vertical windows. So the, bow and gun. There are, mostly all vertical all vertical yes but you can adjust them down with magnets where you want them to open each window has like a shooting rest okay so i've got a food plot that i'm going to get planted here in the next week or two and it's going to sit back off the food plot probably oh 15 yards and then i'll probably put it about three or four yards into the timber just so it's not right over the top of it but it's just back in the timber a little bit cut some shooting lanes and that is a great option especially if you've always wanted to get into a tower blind Mm mm-hmm um, it's a phenomenal tower blind they came out with by Millennium. It's called the Buck Hut. Yeah, Q200. It's Q200. the bigger version. They've got like a smaller one-person version, but uh-huh. this is two, which allows me to take some new hunters. I'm going to have the opportunity to take some new hunters this year. So I took a new person turkey hunting this year. And so it's just, it, it allows for some some more options. So, I mean, yeah. I love ladder stands, but they're not exactly sure. easy to put up. Or if you're taking someone new, Right. Um, a ladder stand is is not necessarily comfortable, but a blind allows them to move around, be a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. So I love ground blinds too, but yeah, I figured well, I'm going to try this. So sure, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. give that a shot and see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. We've had some good feedback on those. Yeah, everything I've heard like about them, them is great. So, so yeah, no, that's a great. Yeah, Millennium makes a good tree stand product. Oh yeah, they yes, <laughs> I thought they've done really well. On There's all been their... several. I don't. Is it the is it the 150 that's got like the big platform with mm-hmm. the footrest? Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are hard to stay awake in. <laughs> I can attest. I sat in one all day one time, and it was a struggle to stay awake. So their stands are very comfortable. I'll hook my arms underneath yeah. the yeah. loops. <laughs> exactly. Just, exactly, because you got the footrest. It yeah, leans, leans back just back, right in that yeah, mesh just seat. Just a little bit. It's a huge platform, too. Yes. Like the giant. M100's nice. And the M150 yeah, the M150 is just monster is, oh. it's a monster. Yeah, you put your arms in there. Yeah. You're back and you're out. It is. It's a nice comfortable stand so it is and you don't get that you've seen a lot of stand companies move to the mesh style stuff but i prefer it one they last forever yeah squirrels don't i've had i've had an m25 hang on up for almost eight years now which i don't know if if it should still be up there but the stand itself there's nothing wrong with it yeah as long as you're checking straps and stands and bolts and everything yeah you don't get the cushions that always get eaten and and blow away blow away or you know you end up sitting on a steel seat by the end of the year because the cushion you know gone got tore up or something so which i've been down that road seats are super comfortable yeah and they last a long time when your foam seat's gone and you Mm -hmm. didn't come prepared yeah yeah, that metal grate feels amazing. Yeah, after about four or five hours sit, you love that stand. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about? Um, we kind of Patrick brought something up right before we started this, but if you don't have a tree stand harness, get a tree stand harness. Oh yeah, 
We had Patrick's yeah. got a video of a former employee, former coworker. Yeah. yeah, he was in a tree sin. Like he could have been in an M25 that was five years old, like you're talking about. And for mm-hmm. some reason, the welds and everything busted on the platform, and it just right. like a secret door. Yeah, trap door. <laughs> trap door heading number, straight down. Number one thing to have. Yeah. You've exactly. Gotta have a harness. Because I think most accidents come from going from the ladder it's to the stand or a stand failure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's a yep. funny kid. He sends us a video hanging yeah. from the tree. Hanging <laughs> from the tree. Once he realized he, he was, was still good. alive. Yeah. Um, but it happens. It happened to you know the former Royals manager. Yep. Ned. Yes. That was a story. And he, luckily, he had his phone. It landed with him. And he was able to call someone, or he he probably would have passed there. Didn't at the it happen? Stand cause did it? Did the stand break, or did was it when he was going from he was the ladder? Climbing up, which is going to bring me to another product. He had his harness on. He's climbing mm-hmm. up the ladder, and it gave way before he could click into his. Oh yeah, life tether. Yeah, but a lifeline. You're always connected. Always connected up and down. It's a, such a great product. It's a good rope. With the pre six knot going, uh-huh. going, so that's able to slide up and down as you climb. The moment yeah. you fall and you pull on the pre six knot, it yeah. tightens around mm-hmm. and you're good. So you're connected from the time you leave the ground, and then you leave it. And that's your sure. That's your you know. That's one of the reasons too. I've switched strap. to either all ladder stands or blinds of some form because a ladder stand, as long as you're replacing those straps every year or checking mm-hmm. them, make sure you loosen them. A ladder stand's not going to just give out. It's got a ladder that's on the ground and a stand that's on the tree, so it's not going to just drop you. No, you should still wear a safety so harness. Always, don't get me yeah, wrong. Always have a safety yeah. harness. But on. yeah, it's I not going to. I heard falling in those doesn't feel well. In what? In yeah. the tree stand harness. Oh no. Yeah. So I mean, even if you, I mean, yeah, suit up, put your harness on. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have some sure. bruises and scrapes than broken yeah. arms, legs, neck, yeah. or dead. So right. No, I'm with you. It's, and we've got lots to choose from. So yeah, safety first. From young kids to adults, it's, yep. Even women-specific ones. Mm. So I've got another piece that's important: life jacket. Oh, if you're a waterfowl hunter, yes, yes. or some sort of PFD, yes. Mm-hmm. Just wear yeah. the dang thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Especially in the morning when it's dark and you don't know what's going on. Especially, Especially if you're on the river. Yeah, that's scary. There was there was one one day I was just out putzing around with a new boat. This was like in August or something, and I was going up the river and I high centered my little beaver tail layout boat on a log or a stump that I couldn't see. That was the most terrifying <laughs> moment of my life. But yeah, no, always always wear your life jacket. It's very important. It's super easy. They've got good comfortable ones out there. Find one that you like and always have it with you. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. I think safety. we even sell camo ones. Yeah. Yep. Probably. Safety first and everything. Yep. Yep. And don't burn down your pizza box in the yeah on the A frame no. on t- a burner. T- take the pizza out of the box. <laughs> of the box. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. All right. Uh, Whitetail weekend this Whitetail weekend. weekend. Yep. Yep. We've been talking about deer and scent. We have all the scent stuff you can yep. want. Yep. And clothing. Stop on in. Oh yeah, and all that. And pizza. just come up and say hi to me. And tell me <laughs> your <laughs> stories. Mm-hmm. I love it. This is an exciting time of year. Yes, it so. is. Go ask Pat about the yep. the chill. Yep, I'll show hoodie, long sleeve yep. T-shirt, whatever. They're there. 
we want to get out and chase that velvet Everything buck. we've talked about, we've got in stock. So, Besides the, the great hoodie. Yep, I got the Elite Mud Seat, the, the Buck Cut, to life jackets, to harnesses, everything. Mm-hmm. So All the sin elimination. It's you time. Don't, don't wait till the night before. Do we got white oak acorn scent wafers? <laughs> we, we didn't talk about that until you just brought it up. I'm kidding. We were talking about the scent wafers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I the do pine. have. I do have wafers. All right, but we've got we've got you covered. So, yep, it'd be exciting. August twentieth. Make sure you're there. I get all excited. Bring up your mounts. Just talking about all the seasons that are coming up in just oh, a yeah. matter of weeks. Cool mornings. Yep, for sure. All right, is that a wrap? Josh, come back and let us know how those hootards were up. Yes, in North yep. Dakota. In North we'll, Dakota. We'll give it a go. Fifteen bird limit. Fifteen birds. What? Yeah. <laughs> At least that's what they told me. I'll have to double check. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they told me. That's <laughs> what they told me. But yeah, I, yep. I, famous I, last I words. It. Let us know. Your smoker's going to be cruising for the next little bit. I'll bring you some jerky. Yes. Amen. Yes. Free of shot, though, please. Thank you. Hey, yeah. I'll do my best. He's got to look at a checker. Yeah. yeah. Bismuth is a little softer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, let us know how it goes. It'll be a good time for you. All right, that's a wrap. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, go ahead and give us a subscribe. That way you're going to get a notification every time we put out a new podcast. Chandler, what else should they do? Go to our uh, social media pages and give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Uh, get a subscribe to the YouTube channel. We do uh, product reviews there. And then uh, giveaways is a great part of our social media as well. And then we just want to thank you guys for what you guys do and support us so we can do stuff like this. So thank you.